Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. I'm Rachel and I love talking about money, right? So like when I was asked, when Sarah asked me to 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 speak today on Finance Friday, I was like, it's like it's like you know me. It's like you know my mission is to like demystify this like super scary thing called money, right? So we have been cultured. We have been taught from a very early age that it's not polite to talk about money, right? If you grew up in a household where, you know, maybe you did have education around the table or maybe you did have, grow up with some sense of abundance, but you were probably taught that it's not polite to talk about that outside of the home, right? Because maybe it's going to make someone feel badly or maybe it's going to make somebody feel jealous or maybe it's going to somehow reflect on you and on your family in some kind of way, just the same as if you're on the other end of the spectrum. And if you grew up not having enough, you were taught to feel shame about that. You were probably taught to hide your financial situation so that you didn't, uh, so that you weren't seen by other people um, as maybe less than or, um, or struggling, right? Even, even if you were. I think it's a huge problem that our society teaches us not to talk about money. And it's a huge problem because it keeps us from getting paid what we deserve. It keeps us from understanding how money actually works. It keeps us from working together and collaborating together and advocating for each other because we're taught to believe that if one person's basket is full, that means my basket has to be empty. And I think that that's trash. I don't think it has to be that way. So like I said, I'm on a mission to demystify finances. I'm also on a mission to demystify entrepreneurship at every stage across industries. And for me, that starts with getting comfortable talking about money. So I just want to get some quick level setting in the room. So we're not going to invite you up. Don't panic. But if you are in the room and you're, you have access to that little hand raise button, I just want to get a sense. And first, I'm going to make sure it's on. Yes, it's open to everyone. First, I just want to get a sense of who has ever felt underpaid 
for your work. Let's just like hit that little hand raise. Let's see. Mm -hmm. A few of you, some of you, this is your moment. Let us know. Like a lot of you. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people have felt underpaid. So I am going to turn it off real quick and I'm going to ask my next question. Turning it off, turning it on. Okay. My next question, who has ever negotiated for more money than you were offered? Were you ever, who, who, who was ever, yeah, let's see. Let's get that, get those, get them hands up. Get them hands up. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. Okay. You've negotiated for a raise. This is good news. Very good news. Okay. My friends, I'm going to uh, turn the hands off and I'm going to ask my final question. Open to everyone. Boom. Last question. Who has ever shared their salary information with a colleague? or shared their revenue information with a competitor? Who's ever shared that? Not a whole lot of you. Let's see, what's happening? How many of you? Okay, some of you, good, wonderful. Okay, so my hope, I'm gonna turn the hands off one more time, I'm gonna turn them back on now. First of all, thank you, everybody who participated in my little poll. Um, my goal is that by the end of this I guess now we have 24 minutes left together. By the end of this time that we have together, every single person in this room is going to feel empowered and inspired and compelled to have a conversation about money that they, that they may not have felt comfortable having in the past, okay? So you might have seen this meme, right? You know, it's not that women are underpaid. It's just that men go after better paying jobs like doctor, lawyer, scientist, whereas women go after lower paying jobs like female doctor, female lawyer, female scientist, right? If you haven't seen that, you, now you've heard it. It's a good one. Women historically in the United States are paid less than their male counterparts. And that is for a variety of reasons. And I'm not saying men should be paid less. I'm saying women should be paid more. Men should be paid more. We should all be paid more. There is enough money to go around. When we pay people for the value that they bring, we elevate morale. We keep people engaged. We help people feel valued. And in return, people feel uh, empowered to do their very best work. When people are struggling financially, when people are worried about how they're gonna put food on their table, when people are racing from job to job to job so that they can pay their rent, they're stressed. There is no space for creative thinking. There is no space for creative energy. There is no space for strategy because, because all that strategic brain power has to go to survival. When I started my career, I, I started in marketing. So I was, you know, marketing is a revenue generating function, right? You market a product, you market a service, you market a message. And as a result, revenue comes in, right? As, you know, sales and marketing work together. So when I moved into a nonprofit from, from working in the wine industry, which is like, you know, there's plenty of revenue to be had there. And I moved into a nonprofit, my salary, uh, I was sort of stepped into a different type of salary growth track. 
And I understood that. And I was comfortable with that because there was a mission that was bigger than me that kept me motivated. And so for me, and I was also young, I did not have children. I did not have a lot of responsibilities. I could live on a shoestring. And for me, the experience was more important than the money. But when I left that nonprofit, and I leveraged my knowledge, my experience, my wisdom, and my relationships, and I became the director of marketing for a billion dollar bank, they matched my nonprofit salary. And I didn't negotiate. I tried, but I didn't really know what to say. I didn't know yet how to advocate for myself. I had not been taught how to confidently speak about my value and my worth and how to connect my compensation to the impact it would have on their bottom line. I didn't know how to do that. So what I said was, hey, okay, we'll come in at this nonprofit salary. I understand. I'm coming from a different industry. You're taking a risk on me. We're both making a bet here. But if in 90 days, if I'm performing to your expectations, then I'd like to, I'd like to discuss a raise. So 90 days came and went. And during the course of those 90 days, I outperformed my predecessor. I did more than he did in his two years at the company. I did more in 90 days than he did in two years. I met a female mentor. She's someone who, she was a consultant for the organization. She was maybe 30 years older than I was. I think I'm the age of her daughter. And she she's had transparency into salary information. She said, hey, Rachel, are you aware that you're making $30,000 less than your predecessor? Like, no, of course I wasn't aware because if I was aware of that, I would have asked for that. I would have asked for a salary match, right? But I didn't know. I didn't even know to ask. I didn't even know who to ask. But once I had that information, right? Once I was armed with this information that I was so severely underpaid and I was weighing that against what everybody else was saying, which is, wow, you're outperforming him. I smelled something fishy. I said, this isn't right. So I was a good girl and I waited patiently until that 90 day mark. And then I went to my boss and I said, I would like to have that conversation that we discussed at my time of hire. And I'd like to talk about a raise. And he said, great. I'm already talking with the CEO about it. Um, we'll get back to you soon. So the next week, the CEO was in town and I went into his office and I said, hey, um, just wanted to let you know that I am wide open all day if you want to discuss uh, my salary review. And he said, what salary review? My heart just like sunk into my stomach and probably out of my body, if I'm being honest. My boss lied to my face. He had no intention of going to bat for me, none at all. And when I had that realization that he didn't, he didn't care enough to even open the door for the conversation, he, he was willing to lie to my face about it. I was done. I was so done. And I had only been there 90 days. It's not going to look good on my resume if I quit. In the meantime, old colleagues and old uh, partners from my nonprofit were coming and saying, hey, Rachel, can you consult on this? Hey, Rachel, can you consult on that? And I was doing it just for funsies because I had more time on my hands. Again, like I said, I had a job, but I didn't have a whole lot of other responsibilities. I was quite young at the time. But I started uh, realizing that, that other people valued my time more than I did and that the place that I was working didn't actually value my time at all. So I put in my, I put in my notice and I told them that I would stay through the year, but that I was, I was going to be leaving. 
I probably didn't even need to stay through the year, but I did. And, um, you know, what I will say is that a year after I left, I had started my own company. This same organization paid me half of my annual salary to build them a strategy that took me one month to make. The owner of the bank hired me for $10,000 a month to consult across his entire billion dollar portfolio. I have now built my own business past a million dollars of revenue and we're on our way towards two and it's looking very likely that we're going to hit four in the next couple of years. And I'm talking annual revenue, which is like crazy to think about, right? Like I never thought that I would have the opportunities that I would have the, the spending power that I would have the leverage that I have. And so what do I do with that? What do I do with that power? Well, I get to set my own rates. No more can anybody tell me what my time is worth. I get to decide that. And not only do I get to decide that for me, but I get to support every single person who works for my organization in setting a rate that is fair and equitable for them. If someone comes to me and, they, and, and you know, they're bidding on a job, they're going to do this one function, and they underbid what I paid somebody else on the last job, I'm going to raise their rate on their own behalf. And I talk with them about it. And I talk with my friends about money. And I talk with other women entrepreneurs about money who are in my community. Because we have to find people that we trust so that we can have these conversations that are uncomfortable, right? So that we can understand the complexities of strategy when it comes to money. So we can find out in a safe way, what is, a, what is an appropriate salary for me to negotiate for? It's so, so important to find people that you trust and to have these uncomfortable conversations about money. If my mentor hadn't told me transparently how much more money my predecessor earned, I would not have had the same fire under me to quit. I wouldn't have, you know, I would have thought like, oh, maybe they made 5,000 more. Maybe they made 10,000 more. No, $30,000 more. That's like a huge, that's a huge delta. And it made me feel so, it made me feel so stuck, right? That like the uncomfortable of the unknown felt way more attractive to me than the uncomfortable of the, of what I did know. So we need to find people we trust. We also need to understand the landscape, right? When it comes to finances, we have to read, we have to listen, we have to intake information from people who know more than we do. It's important that we aren't the smartest person in the room at all the time. We have to find the people who, who, who really are experts and we have to vet their credentials. We can't just trust somebody who's like talking a big game and talking about their 10K months and just take their word as gold because we don't know unless we do our due diligence. We have to ask good questions. How did you buy that house? What is your strategy for growing your investment portfolio? Why did you choose this, this plan instead of that plan? Or why did you choose this approach instead of that approach? Or why did you hold on to that money anticipating a market downturn? We have to ask the hard questions. And we have to learn the terms, right? If, if, if I'm saying something and you don't know what it means, Google it. Google is our best friend. It's also our worst enemy, but like if we use it right and with discernment, it can be our best friend. 
we also need to understand our own competitive advantage. We have to believe in ourselves and understand what is it about us that makes us special, that makes us unique, that makes us the right person for the right opportunity at the right time. We have to understand it and we have to believe it because if we don't believe it, nobody else is going to. And then we have to take that confidence and advocate for ourselves. We have to be willing to take a risk. If we are able we, to take that risk, we must be willing. Some people say that money is energy, right? And like, yes, money is energy, but not in a, in a woo-woo way. We use money to assign value. When we're underpaid, we feel undervalued. When we sell ourselves short and we say yes to less than we know we deserve, then we undervalue ourselves. There is a tension that we have to live within, right? Companies, whether we work for them or we're going to be doing business with them as a partner, companies want the very most that they can squeeze out of you for the very least amount of money. And workers and contractors and, and business owners want the very least amount of work for the very most amount of money. So we have to come in knowing that so that we can find a win-win-win or we can find a no-lose, right? Where, where, is the, where is the happy balance where nobody loses? Because like I said at the very top of, of this, uh, I guess it's a speech, right? I was going to call it a conversation, but I've been, I've been the only one talking for 17 minutes. But you know what I said at the top is like, just because your basket is full of money doesn't mean that my basket can't also be full of money. Just because you have something doesn't mean that I can't have some too. So it's so important to advocate for ourselves, but it's also important to advocate for ourselves because when we advocate for ourselves, we advocate for everybody else who's in a role like ours. We advocate for every single person who's in our in, who is in our industry. And we advocate for every single person who is looking at us and who is admiring us and who's saying, I want to be strong like them. I want to be smart like them. I want to be powerful like them. I want to be stable like them. I want to be innovative like them. And when we don't show up for ourselves, we message to them that they don't deserve to show up for themselves either. So I want to leave you with a couple of my like best, biggest, brightest money lessons, and then we'll open it up for questions or conversation or for contribution or anybody else who has some nuance that they want to add to what I've said so far. If there's, if there, if there were like anything you can take away from this conversation is this number one, live below your means. When you live below your means, when you spend less than you earn or you spend less than you have, you are able to make choices about, about what you're going to do with your money. It's important to understand the difference between an asset and a liability. An asset is something that makes you money. And a liability is something that costs you money. Understand that, that is, there, there is a difference. And that in America, we have been marketed to and taught that, asset, that uh, liabilities are actually assets, and that's just not true. We also need to understand that every single person is trying to sell us something, and that's fine. Sell. I'm like all about a free market. I am all about small business. I'm all about make your money for your expertise. But it's up to each of us as individuals to choose what it is that we're going to buy and where, where it is that we're going to invest our hard-earned money. So when it comes to investing, invest in yourself first, right? Go all in on the thing that you know. Put money into your business. Put money into the people who are supporting you in your vision. And don't be fooled by people who are, you know, coaches teaching coaches how to be coaches, right? 
if people's revenue model is built on anything that looks looks and feels like a pyramid scheme, like peek behind the curtain before you decide that you're going to jump and go all in. We cannot trust everything we read on the internet. The last thing I will say is be in it for the long game. When it comes to finance, when it comes to business, when it comes to friendship, when it comes to when it comes to building a personal brand, be in it for the long game. Beware of this vanity spending. Beware of of keeping up with the Kardashians, right? We don't have to have everything right now. Sometimes it mean it makes more sense to go with less now so you can have more in the future. I will say that I have I have learned so much from the wonderful people on this app. I have learned so much by sitting and listening in the Breakfast with Champions room here on Clubhouse. Um, and it's really just such an honor to get to spend some time with y'all today. Um, you know, for folks who don't know, you know, we are in that the Breakfast with Champions room. It's Finance Friday. Seth Godin is going to be speaking with us shortly, which is just really, it's very exciting to get to go right before him. Um, you know, there's a podcast, there's, you know, Breakfast with Champions pages on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I mean, everywhere, right? Wherever you are, so is the club. So if you're interested, you just go to Breakfast with Champions Club on Instagram. You can click the link in the bio. You can follow the club anywhere that you like to be so that you can stay connected. Um, and if anybody in the room has a question, a comment, you can go ahead and um, flash your mic and uh, I'll swing it to you. Linda, the stage is yours. Oh my goodness. I love, love. Can you hear me okay? I have my mask on. Can you hear me? Okay? Yes, we can. It's a little, it's a little rattly, but we're here for it. I love, love, love everything you talked about because everything that you mentioned helps with people in their personal wealth. So first you talked about um, negotiating your negotiating, like about, talking about your salary. And um, when you started your job, you re didn't realize that someone was making twenty or thirty thousand dollars more than you. So I um, and you mentioned how um, Google is our friend or our foe. Before you fill out that application, you should know how much the industry standard is for that particular role that you're trying to apply for. So they gave you probably what you asked for, right? Would, would you say that they did or not? You know, in this negotiation, um, they, as part of the, as part of the um, application process, well, it's a very long story how I got this job. It was basically offered to me, but what they did was, hey, what were you making at your last job? Okay, great. We're going to match that, which was just so trash, right? And I should have, and I should have said I was making more than I was, but I just didn't know enough at the time. Absolutely. So I love that you, you recognize that. And the other way to transfer into a different industry is to sell yourself on your transferable skills and not just what you made there versus what you what you should be making here with the skill set that you developed there. So I love that um, that you brought that up um, with regards to that. Just research, research, research with regards to the industry standard, but then also asking for a raise while you're working, because it does two things, and, and I love this. It does two things. It allows for the manager or whoever's in charge of you at that moment um, to know that you're a go-getter, to know that you are separating yourself from all the other coworkers that you that are around 
to, to um, highlight yourself to your manager. And of course, you can't say, oh, I need a raise. I need a raise. Everyone needs a raise. But what it does, it allows for you to tell the manager, I'm, I'm telling you I'm awesome. I'm telling you, not only am I going to tell you that I'm awesome because I asked me for the raise, but beforehand, you're going to show and utilize all the things, the metrics that you have done to create a difference in the organization, whether or not it's relationally, whether or not it's from a profit loss statement, whether or not it's from anything that you can utilize, like you increased uh, profitability by 225%, you increase uh, customer satisfaction by 300%, etc. So that you're letting them know on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, what the difference was that, that has happened since you stepped foot into the organization and how you're making the manager look better, how you're making uh, the region look better or the nation or what have you, the world look better, that you have stepped foot into the organization. So minimally, yes. minimally, it'll let them know that you are a go-getter and that when they see all those numbers, because you didn't try to make them think about it, you put it on paper. You're letting them know. You're giving them reports. You're, you're following up with all these key things. So that will show your value. I've done this. So I'm, the reason why I'm saying this is that I have done this, where I've gotten raises outside of the actual annual raise because I have shown them what I did. I came from the bottom, and now I'm at top you know, 10%. From, where, from a sales perspective or whatever metric you're using, but minimally it'll let them know that you're a go-getter. So totally. you mentioned that. That's amazing, Linda. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, that is an incredible reflection and an incredible contribution. Thank you. We have time for one final question um, before we move on. I'm just looking for mic flashes. I see some of my good friends who are on the stage. And if we don't have any more questions, I'm gonna I'm gonna close this out with a final thought. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, Janice, do you have a question? And then and then Christina, if we have time. I just wanted to say, Rachel, how you rocked this segment. I was so impressed with the whole entire everything. I won't recap it all. But to share all of this knowledge is so wonderful and that you're on Breakfast of Champions and doing this. I'm technically a retired teacher. My daughter was a middle school math teacher also. And after three years, she went into something much more lucrative. And then they offered her 11% raise. And I don't even want to ask what her salary is. But just to share all of these things, especially what is the asset, you know, what is not, what, what things that you, uh, to live below your means, all of those things, I just wanted to commend you. I don't really have a particular question, but you're rocking. Thank you. Oh, Janice, thank you. That really just warms my heart. And, and I, I really appreciate that reflection. It's, um, you know, I can't tell you how intimidating it is to speak for the first time on this stage. I mean, you see me right here next to Molly Dare, next to Donna by Kimberly, Justin, um, you know, like Dr. Sean Shapiro, like these are all stars in the room. And um, it's just such a such a treat to be included. So um, where'd you go, Christina? I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to um, let you know that Janice was flashing, but I also enjoyed the session. Great session, great information, much value. And so um, great job. Great job. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for chiming in. So, so my friends, we've got, we've got more conversation coming up um, in this room and all day. 
Breakfast is Champions is just coming at you all day, every day. <laughs> I mean, not all day, but you heard me say it's like, you know, pretty much all day. So, um, you know, my last couple thoughts and my challenge to everybody in the room is this. If you are feeling like this conversation stirred up for you a question about money and or a concern or 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 like a like dare I say a trigger, right? If I said something that that made you feel some kind of way, that means that you might be compelled to take an action around it. So think about who are those people that you can talk to? Who can you ask the question uh, with, like to, so that you don't feel dumb for having a question, so that you don't feel rejected for your curiosity or you're not knowing something yet. Who are the people, who is the person that you can have an open and honest conversation with and ask those questions that you have about money or, or share your concerns or share the things you're thinking about when it comes to growing your wealth or, or getting some in the first place. There, there are a lot of rooms on Clubhouse where people are talking about money and sometimes it happens in a way that makes us feel some kind of way about us. That doesn't mean that, that they're doing it wrong. It means that we have more to explore, right? When we feel something because of how someone else shows up, that is an opportunity for us to take a really good look at what's going on in our own minds and in our own lives. Um, and when we can use those triggers, those feelings, those emotions um, to, to learn more, to grow as a, as a tool for information, as, a, as opposed to a an opportunity to judge ourselves, then that is where the growth happens. The growth happens when we're uncomfortable, but we do the thing anyway, right? The growth happens when we're uncomfortable, but we ask the question anyway. So my friends, if you're learning from this room today, you know, just imagine how much you'll gain when you join in person in Lexington, Kentucky, November 5th through 7th for the Grow Your Business For God's Sake conference. Um, Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.